0: Welcome to the Blanket Fortress, where your comfort zone is not a limitation and we'll talk about everything and nothing. It's time to embrace being an introvert and everything that comes with it. I'm your hostess, Genevieve Scholl, and I am so happy to be here with you. I want to start this episode with a YouTube video
1: from Kat Niporkowska. Depression creeps upon you quietly. At the very beginning, you struggle with the little things, but you usually just ignore them. It's like a headache. You'll tell yourself it's temporary and it'll pass. It's just another bad day. But it's not. You're stuck in this state of mind, you get used to putting on a social mask and you continue to live among other people because that's what you have to do, that's what others do. However the problem does not go away, you struggle to put on a play every day and it starts to cost you more and more. is where you fall even deeper and that's when you slowly start to back away from friends and family sometimes completely shutting them out all satisfaction is gone the little things that used to bring you joy are now worthless even the simplest tasks become painful and that Is why you lack motivation now. Why would you keep on trying if nothing makes you happy anyway? All of this makes you feel even worse and you get caught up in a vicious circle. Suddenly you find yourself living in slow motion. Days become indistinguishable, just white noise, just heaviness filling your mind and spilling over your body. You feel as though you will never be happy again. You continue to back away and destroy relationships. You're ashamed for everything you've done and everything you haven't. There is a part of you that wants to make things right. A sudden positive upsurge makes you want to go out and meet people, but it's all very short-lived because you know it won't work anyway things that make your friends excited leave you indifferent and you become aware of the huge gap that lies between you and other Failure is not an option so in the end you choose to be alone in your comfort zone where no one asks any questions. Low self-esteem and the lack of purpose become unbearable, you finally realise you can't go on that way and two things can happen.
0: Everything she said in that video was a strong message that many people have to give, but keep it to themselves. And I was almost one of those people. I'm not diagnosed with depression, but over the last two months, a little bit over two months, I've been experiencing it without realizing it. I didn't want to admit that that's what I was going through. I just thought I was tired. I just thought it was an end-of-the-year slump. But eventually, you don't have to admit it because eventually it tells you that that's what it is. In that YouTube video, she talked about how it's the little things that you stop doing first. You stop worrying about grooming. You stop worrying about cleaning. You stop caring what you eat for lunch. All of those things were happening to me. And yes, this might be a little bit too much information, but it's all part of depressor, all all part of depression, all part of the depressive episode. I have not shaven my legs in two and a half months. Probably more like three months, honestly. It was probably at the very end of October. And it's because I could not be bothered. I, anytime I thought about shaving my legs, sitting in the bathroom for so long, sitting there making sure every hair was shaven off of my leg, was exhausting. Just the thought of it was exhausting, let alone the actual act of shaving my legs. So I didn't do it. Then it progressed. I stopped. I actually stopped eating lunch because I just didn't want to have to make the decision of what I was going to eat. I stopped enjoying food. Anytime my mom would ask me, What do you want for dinner? I would say, I don't care because it's all boring. Food is one of my absolute loves in this world, and I stopped enjoying it. But yet, I could not tell that that was depression. My mom even told me, She asked, Are you depressed? And I said, no, just tired. At that time, I didn't know I was lying to her or to even myself. But like I said, eventually, you can't ignore it anymore. That video said so many things that I was experiencing recently. That I just wrote off as burnout or exhaustion or just not having the desire anymore. I didn't even think about depression because, let's face it, we all want to believe we don't suffer from it. We all want to say we're okay. But the truth is, is most of the time, the bulk of our society is not okay. And you know what? It's okay to not be okay. But it's not okay to continue to not be okay. You have to find a way to... Break free or manage it. You know, depression's an ongoing thing. You're never going to get 100% cured from depression. It's an ongoing thing. And that's okay. But we have to find a way to break ourselves free of that. Because as it said at the end of that video, which I cut short because I didn't want to um, have any triggers. But as it said... You know, one of two things can happen, and I'm not going to say those here, but we all know what those two things are. That video is only three and a half minutes long, and there was so much power behind it. So much truth. You have to go watch it. Even if you are not somebody who is suffering from any kind of depression, you have to go watch it because it might help you understand somebody in your life who is. She also said in that video, life becomes like you're living in slow motion. Like all your days are mixed together and blurry and indistinguishable. I could not tell you what I have done over the last two and a half months. I mean, yeah, I could assume I worked. I could assume I recorded videos. I could assume I recorded podcasts, although not this one, which is... Kind of why I'm using this episode as an explanation of where I have been. But in all honesty, I don't really remember doing those things. Yeah, I can look at the YouTube videos, watch them back, know what happened. But I could not bring forth the memory. The only memory I can remember out of the last two and a half months is reaching 100 subscribers on my YouTube channel. But... It, you know, it wasn't long after that day that I hit 100 subscribers that I was back to the fog. I was victim to the fog. And it's, it's going to keep happening. It's it's an ongoing thing. But we find little ways, little things that pull us out of that. Even Even half an inch, they pull us out. And sometimes that's enough clarity to realize that something has to change, that we need help. I can give you an example. Right now, I have a cat completely crowding my space. And as you can hear, he makes me smile. He makes me laugh. He's a pain in my butt. He can cause more anxiety and issues in my life, but he makes me happy. And I'm, I'm so grateful that he came into my life when he did. Because if he wasn't here, I'm not sure where I would be. I'm not sure what my mental health and, you know, everything would be like, because I would not have my support animal. He may not be a registered support animal, he may not be allowed to go with me um, into stores and stuff, but he is my support. And even without depression, introverts should have that kind of support too. I'm a very big advocate for having a pet, if you are an introvert. If you have the opportunity and the means get yourself a pet doesn't have to be a large one doesn't have to even be a cat or dog it could be a hamster it could be a rat if that's what you're into but i'm a very big advocate that pets make everything better they may not make it permanently better but he's you know he's rubbing his face on my hand right now and it's making me smile pets are underestimated and they shouldn't be yes they can get expensive yes they can be a pain in the butt And it's a big responsibility. But I've never been happier than since I've had this cat. His name might be mischief for a reason, but he's also my boy. He's my love. So today, as you can tell, we are talking about depression. And I don't want to assume anything about depression. Because there is no one kind of depression everybody who has had depression or a depressive state has it differently it's it's different for everybody so I'm not assuming anything I am also not a doctor I'm not this is not law this is not you know the end-all be-all I am just talking through my experience with you all and providing some clips from other people who have gone through these experiences to just to have you be my support system and hopefully have me be your support system. If you are going through this, if you are listening to this during a depressive state and you need somebody to talk to, my contact information is always in the show notes of this show. Every episode, my contact information is in the show notes. Please feel free to reach out to me, even if you're not looking for advice, even if you're not even looking for a response and you just need somewhere to talk, somewhere to type it all out and understand and Give yourself some place to work through whatever it is you're going through. I am always here. I mentioned how depression is different for everybody. And there is another YouTube video I'd like to play for you. It's from Mind the Mental Health. It's a group of people who are talking through their depression and how they get through it and what they're doing to continue to manage their depression.
1: The word depression... Is sometimes misleading oh, say, yeah, because yeah. a lot of the time i don't feel i don't feel sad i i can i can have a laugh i can go out to the park i can get on with things but there's just something missing
2: everything in my life was as good as it could reasonably expect it to be you know i had a really nice girlfriend i, I had a job that i really enjoyed six months into it i couldn't do it anymore And it was actually my boss who recognised it in me one day, pulled me into his office and and just said, take two weeks off. And I came back after two weeks and he was like, right, next project, let's get on with it. And I just could not do it. And that's really the first point when I was like, there's something wrong here.
1: I think I was 15. I became quite withdrawn um, from people. I'd generally been quite sociable. I was pulling out of activities. um, And I think for my my parents, I think they always said is it's, it's something in the eyes. You know, for about four years, I was just dead behind the eyes nothing's a quick fix it's going to be a long time but the recovery will come mm-hmm. and quick fixes don't work it's kind of yes. like when you want to lose weight isn't it yes you go on a crash diet you can it easily lose on, whatever yeah. but yeah. Yeah. you go back on yeah you do it sensibly a long period yes. of time like You'll
3: you I, I thought before i talked really about it medication was to fix mm. yeah. to know yeah. the magic yeah. pill
2: Everything would be okay. yeah.
3: yeah the purpose of medication you're right is to make is yeah. the balance yeah. then you can deal with
2: Deal with
1: any like, yes. get get to a
3: level that you can just okay. Then you can go outside and you can mm. run and you can you know just get to work and just. But you're Get night. dressed.
2: Yeah. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> I had the CBT, which I think for me has been the best, and the results are still showing like a year and a half later. Because I've just finished a
1: course of CBT, so. Mm.
2: Did you find, because when I was going through
1: it, I was so cynical about it. I don't know what I'm talking about, this isn't helping. I liked it because it seemed sort of quite practical. Like things I could stop and do. I've
3: started doing photography um, in the past couple of months. Nothing professional, nothing too great just yet. But um, having somewhere to go and for a reason, um, going for a walk for a purpose um, and then coming back with something I can see, Wow, I've, I did that. I saw that. For me personally, it has helped me to, you know, sort
2: of refine, rediscover that
3: purpose. I yeah, suppose
2: yeah. football for me, um, when you sort of run so hard that you're there's just no energy left. I find at the end of that, and maybe the, the day after as well, that seems to be something that helps. It's key for me. I, I can't do without it. Running's like that for me.
1: Yeah, my mind just goes, but it sort of seems to. Heal itself, if you like, while I'm running. It just frees my mind, I guess. I think
2: for me, I found that as normal a routine in the house was quite important. I didn't want people to tiptoe around me. I didn't want to be treated differently because I think it makes you feel a lot worse. People understanding how you are and how you can be when you're in a certain frame of mind, for me at least, is absolutely mm-hmm. crucial just knowing someone's there even if it's just one person you tell yeah.
1: it's still one person who can help you it doesn't have to be tell the whole
3: world company is very important when when we need it not for yes. not not force company yeah. a little text say is it okay to call right now yeah or if or i'm gonna call you in five minutes is like, that is that okay yeah. Little, yeah. little little it's like signposting yeah.
1: yeah or even just a silly picture message or something yeah. so, so, or just a little yeah. moment yeah. yeah. someone's there, someone's there. yeah
0: firstly right off the bat is a excellent point about how the word depression is misleading. It can be sometimes misleading because people think of depression and they think you're sad, you're lonely. Yes, but that's not all it is. And we don't always have to be sad. Just because we're depressed doesn't mean we're always sad. Doesn't mean we're always, you know, sitting in bed doing nothing. Doesn't mean we're not eating all the time. You know, there are good times and there are bad times with depression. It comes and goes. It ebbs and flows. There's peaks and valleys. We all experience depression differently. And while some of us could have more lows than ups, some of us could have more ups than lows. There should be no generalized talk about depression. There is no one way depression comes out in a person. We all experience it differently. And I know I keep repeating that, but it's something that deserves repeating because we can't Define depression. Yes, we can define the clinical version of depression, but there is no one definition for depression because it depends on the person. It depends on what is causing the depression. It depends on how the person is managing their depression. Somebody could be the happiest person in the world when you see them, but then they could go home at night and have trouble sleeping, cry all night, maybe binge eat. It's not always not eating. Sometimes it's binge eating or binge, you know, drinking alcohol or there are so many things that could be a sign of depression. And we don't often give it the serious attention it needs. And I was victim to this. I, I, my personal experience was victim to the fact that I in my head was saying it wasn't depression because I wasn't necessarily sad. I wasn't, you know, I mean, yeah, I had lots of moments where something about my life was making me upset or making me nervous or anxious or afraid of the future. But that, to me, was not translating to depression in my my mind, because I had never really experienced depression before. Like I said, I'm not clinically diagnosed because I have phobias, so I don't go to doctors or therapists or any of that stuff. And that's part of my problem. That's part of the reason I wasn't identifying it as depression, because I do not have the benefit of talking to people who could have helped me realize what was going on. And also, and I apologize to any friends and family who might be listening to this because I did not do this on purpose. And I shouldn't actually be apologizing, but I don't want anybody to feel bad that they didn't recognize these signs because I kept it to myself. I didn't let it show. I didn't tell anybody what I was going through. I didn't even tell my best friend or, you know, my work bestie. I didn't tell anybody or show it to anybody what I was going through. Yeah, some of them saw that, you know the struggles of life that I was going through, the financial struggles, you know, the fear of the future, stuff like that, but they never really saw the weight of all of that on me because everybody else was going through their things. And I was trying to keep my own things separate from their things so that I wasn't bogging them down with my things in addition to theirs so they didn't know that this this huge massive weight was pressing down on me for months before i continue to rant and get way off of what we were talking about this is what happens i'm 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 venting to you guys basically this is the first time i have been open about this and and detailed about it so i i'm venting to you. You guys are my listeners. You guys are my support system in this. This is what this podcast is about. It's not entirely an introvert thing, but it does sort of stem from that because I, as an introvert, don't like to tell people what I'm going through because I don't want to be the center of attention. I don't want them to try to help me because as an introvert, I don't feel comfortable having that much attention on me because I always feel like something's going to go wrong like somebody's going to help me financially and then I'm going to mess it up and I'm not going to pay them back or something along those lines and that just creates more pressure more weight on me so it does sort of stem from being an introvert but it's not due to being an introvert does that make sense but in that last video we listened to one of the women said it feels like there's something missing she can be happy she can enjoy life there's always something missing that's exactly what i was feeling i was feeling something was missing i was feeling like something was not going the way it should to alleviate the other things there were moments i was happy there were moments I was enjoying life. I was going out to eat with friends. I was, you know, planning traveling. I, it was Christmas. Christmas is my favorite time of the year. But it was clouded by this depressive state. It was clouded by all of these emotions I was going through, all this fear of the future and everything. And it made it not as enjoyable as it usually is. But to combat that, we left our decorations up till the middle of January. We just took them down last weekend and it made me feel wonderful to have all that beauty and just glamor of Christmas still around. When I was in a little bit clearer of a headspace, um, as soon as January hit, I was in a little bit clearer of a headspace. Things were starting to look up. And while I know February could get, could plummet me right back into that depressive state if I'm not careful. I'm in a, I'm now in a place where I can talk about it and identify what I need to work on on um, of myself. What you know things I have to realize are contributing to this depression. Right in that video, one of the guys said, "Quick fixes don't work," and they were right. Quick fixes don't work for anything. Yeah, they might, uh, they might relieve things for a little while, but they're not going to fix what you are struggling with. And sometimes you can't fix it. Sometimes the word fix is just something we should take out of our vocabulary because sometimes it's not fixable, but it's manageable. And frankly, I'm not sure I would be here right now if I didn't go through what I went through. I was lucky enough to come out the other side of it. I was lucky enough to not get to one of those areas of desperation. But I am would not, I don't want to say I'm glad I went through it, because I'm not glad. You know, it's, it's, it's a very difficult time. It's very, it's just, it weighs you down so much. There's such a weight on your heart when you go through these things. And... But I would not be who I am at this very moment if I didn't go through the last two and a half months. If I didn't experience the depression and fear and the anxiety that I went through, I would not be here talking about it to you guys. I would not be here trying to give my story, hoping it's going to help somebody out there in podcast land. I felt horrible that I have not recorded a podcast in months. Months, you guys, have been waiting for a new episode. And I felt absolutely horrible about that. But one of the things that I was experiencing, one of the things that contributed to me realizing I was actually going through depression, is the fact that I did not sit down and record an episode. It wasn't that I couldn't. It wasn't so much I didn't have the time, although my schedules were all messed up. That didn't help. That, That was a huge factor of what I went through, is that my scheduling was all messed up, which we'll talk more about scheduling in the next episode. It was just that, just like the concept of cooking lunch, just like anything that I had to do in the last two and a half months, like shaving my legs, podcasting was exactly the same way. I felt like it was such an exhausting thought that I would have to sit down in front of the microphone and talk by myself. My other podcast with Lynn Howard was a little bit easier because when I was, you know, feeling the worst, she could take the lead and then I could, you know, work off of her energy to get to a place where we could record an episode. But with this one, I'm by myself. I'm the only one here talking. You guys are listening to it as a recording, yes. But as of right now, I'm actually talking to the wall, which you might be able to hear because there's a little bit of an echo today. And it just felt exhausting to even think about getting out the microphone and writing down what I wanted to talk about and saying it all, making sure it was all good and editing it all and posting it and worrying about, you know, how it was received. And it just, it was such an exhausting Thought that I just didn't do it. I just didn't do it. And that's not me, you know, bringing excuses about why you haven't had an episode in two months. This is not me even apologizing, really, about their bringing that an episode in two months. Because one of the things when I got a clear head that I decided I wasn't going to do was apologize for the way I acted for the things I did or said or didn't say in those Two and a half months that I was in that state. Because I shouldn't have to apologize for it. Yeah, if I was mean to somebody or something, sure, I could apologize for what I said. But not for how I was feeling. Because it should not be such a taboo topic when somebody's going through depression. It should be a, what do you need? What can I do? Do you need to talk? Do I need to listen? Do you need a hot cup of coffee? It should not be taboo to allow somebody to talk about what they're going through. Because the minute we do not allow a person going through a depressive state to talk about what they're going through, frankly, is the minute we lose them. It's the minute we lose the person we knew, whether that's mentally, emotionally, emotionally, or even physically, not allowing somebody to talk and and sitting there and understanding, whether you actually understand it or not, sitting there and sympathizing with them and understanding what they're going through is a huge help. This is what therapists do. This is why people get so frustrated with therapists when they don't provide advice, but they say, how does that make you feel? or what have you learned? Therapists aren't there to fix what's going on with you. They're there to help you work through it. And I, I had to work through it in my own way. And I have, but I also have the realization that I could plummet right back into that any day. Expressing what I went through is actually causing my chest to come become tight. But it is the first time I've talked about it, so it's to be, under, it's to be expected that it, that's going to happen. And I think that's one of the things we have to really remember when we're in these emotional states. You have to remember how to breathe. You have to remember whether, I mean, it's, it's not even just the act of your lungs inflating and deflating. Breathing is more than just the physical act and it's hard to explain but for me the best way i can tell you is that breathing in addition to your lungs were doing their job inside breathing is also freedom breathing is allowing you to you're allowing yourself to express what you need to express you're allowing yourself to let go of whatever it is you need to let go yeah you might bring it back at a later date but you can let it go right now just remember to breathe it looks like the maintenance men in my apartment might be on the roof so you guys might be hearing a little clanging from this point forward and i apologize let's listen to another youtube video in the meantime this video is from the self channel on youtube again they're all linked in the description if you want to listen to them um, in full because some of them i'm picking out certain parts from. and This is Kristen Bell, the actress. I'm living with depression and anxiety.
4: It feels different at different times. When my anxiety is high, it feels like an absolute inability to make decisions. Like I would rather not do something than decide what to do. And it's almost paralyzing, which is odd because it seems like it's simple. Do you want to go on a walk or sit on the couch and watch TV? And I'm like, I can't Figure that out. I don't have the brain power. It feels like decision fatigue. And then depression is different. My version of it feels very restricted, Like, um, like if you're trying to put on like a latex glove that's way too small for your hand. Also, it sort of coincides with this feeling of not being excited about anything, which again on a day when you feel great or even normal you can get excited about things like you're like oh I'm gonna have pizza today or I'm gonna see a friend today or any all of the fun things about life and when I'm having depression it's like none of those things are exciting or seem worth it so there's this real disconnect because I know Logically, that should be a feeling that induces some happiness, but it's like my depression will not let me recognize those feelings. At 40, I don't like believe anything should be taboo anymore. Like I talked to my kids about sex, and yes, they're very young, but they wanted to know how they got here. And we talked about it and they were grossed out and left the room and that's fine. But I think that anything that's taboo and hard to talk about should be some of the first priorities you should be talking about with the support systems in your life. I was experiencing the same thing that everyone else was, which is like, well, just don't talk about that. And then I just felt so inauthentic and irresponsible to have been presenting this like bubbly, happy person, which is someone that I cultivate and I nurture and I try really hard to exist as um and i just wasn't being honest with the people like the girls who may look up to me i started noticing like a feeling of being disconnected when i was probably 18 or 19. i moved out of detroit and to new york when i was i just turned 18. i was like Two weeks into being 18 and I was so excited it was all I wanted to do I was going to NYU I was studying musical theater I was living in this beautiful like melting pot cultural city and seeing you know Broadway shows each night and it was it was wonderful and I, I I just felt like if I wrote my life down on paper I had so many opportunities so much privilege so much access to happiness and yet my feelings were not that as an 18 year old living on her own in New York city, I should be like, yes, like it should be so exciting, but it wasn't. I felt like I was sort of followed by this weird dark cloud that just didn't allow me to see all the happiness around me. It's such a hard thing to talk about. Like, I, I don't like that there's any sort of stigma to it, but I, I get it. It's a weird thing to talk about because it's not an affliction that you can see. The reality is we're not all born the same. Some of us are born with a ton of confidence, and then some are born really timid. And I just feel like, maybe this is just my maternal instincts talking, but I just don't want anyone to feel like they don't have a support system. So if we collectively as a society, like self care, this whole idea, should also include caring about each other.
0: One of the big things she says in that video is how depression feels different at different times. And I, I cannot agree more because you could, I mean, depression and anxiety. I mean, you, one day you can be the happiest person, but in the back of your mind, you're still thinking about your financial troubles or, you know, something that's broken in your house or, you know, your relationship with somebody. But then on the other hand, there could be a day where you don't think about anything, but you also don't do anything you sit and you stare and you, you you just, you sleep, you sleep and sleep and sleep. And maybe even binge eat, even if you're not actually enjoying the food, you binge eat because it's just something you can do. It's just a, a, a physical act you can do while you're basically breaking down mentally. And again, that's one of the big things that made me realize what it was I was going through is that I could not get excited about anything, eating food, playing with the cat, watching TV. I could not get excited about any of the little things in my life that usually bring me happiness. And I, I couldn't understand it. I just thought, well, maybe I'm just burnt out or tired or it's just not something I'm in the mood for right now. Because lots of times... We, we do things wh- that we're in the mood for, like mood reading, mood watching, you know, it does actually happen. It is actually a thing. But it it just wasn't like it, there was nothing it we couldn't, it didn't matter what genre of book I was reading, or um, if it was a comedy or a drama on TV, or It just did not matter. I didn't enjoy it. I didn't enjoy going out to eat, which is one of my absolute favorite pastimes. I didn't enjoy Starbucks coffee, which I love Starbucks coffee. Like I could could swim in a caramel macchiato, but I just didn't enjoy it anymore. And when she says, when Kristen Bell says in that video that she has the moments where she would rather not do something than decide what it is she needs to do next, oh, I feel that so much. I am a very regimented, scheduled person, and (laughs) some days when I make my schedules, I just do not want to decide what I'm going to do, and so I don't. The next day comes, and it's absolute chaos. It's utter chaos because I didn't plan anything, so I'm just doing whatever it is I feel like doing, and then nothing gets done. Nothing really gets done when I do that. Yeah, I might do a load of laundry. Yeah, I might do the dishes. But none of my work gets done. None of my writing gets done. None of my errands get done. Because it's if I'm just not feeling doing it, I won't do it. And while it's okay to take a day off, it was getting to the point where I was taking days off, weeks off every month. And then I was scrambling to get things done by the due dates or to get bills paid or, you know, run errands and things I was scrambling like within one week trying to get everything done from the whole rest of the month. And it's just not, it's just not a good practice. It's not healthy. It's hard for me to explain all of this. And I could sit here and talk about it over and over and over again and probably repeat myself several times. So there's two more YouTube video clips I want you guys to listen to. One is from basically Reese and one is from Rachel Stephan or Stephen. not really sure how to pronounce her last name. And they have just a couple of quick points that they say in their videos that is exactly how I was feeling. So let's listen to that.
3: I don't mean to unload a bunch of stuff right now in the beginning of the video, but... um... It is what it is. Like I said, my main struggle is I've been just depressed. And it it's one thing being depressed, and then it's another thing observing that you're depressed, especially too when I've made so
0: much progress over the last year. You know, the nasty little thoughts in my head are telling me, I've just regressed. I have relapsed. I don't know if that's the right word, like relapse into depression.
3: I'm a failure, that type of stuff. You know, the words that aren't actually yours, but they still attack you. I felt like I was always being pulled in a million different directions and stretched too thin and i was sick of how much time i was spending trying to figure out what i should be doing next like trying to plan and stuff um and i was also a lot of the time just overwhelmed with ideas and different directions that i wanted to go in i had too many ideas for projects i didn't know Like how to pick what to work on now? How many should I have going at any one time? How do I choose between them? And once I've chosen, how do I actually follow through with that decision?
0: What basically Reese says about it's one thing to be depressed, but it's another thing observing your depression. I felt that like (laughs) that is such a true statement, yet it's kind of not telling people exactly what she means by it. But it's so true about being in a depressive state. Like, you, you could be depressed, but the minute you you actually acknowledge that you're depressed, the minute you identify it as depression, it is such another ball game. The deep emotions and things that you feel when you're depressed become tenfold when you acknowledge the fact that you're depressed. Everything you've been worrying about or fearing or, you know, stressing over just adds it's like everything gains 300 more pounds and it's all pressing down on you all pressing down on your chest making it so you can't breathe making it so you can't function like every time you get out of bed it feels like you're moving three thousand pounds of weight you know it, it, it it's just it's so hard to get out of bed when you're going through that and there are there have been several days recently That I just did not get out of bed until 2 o'clock in the afternoon. And it wasn't because I was tired. It wasn't because I had a crazy day the day before. It was just I didn't want to. I couldn't. I couldn't get up. Like it was, everything was dragging me down. What I can kind of give an example of is I have a weighted blanket on my bed. It just helps keep me warm and helps keep the blankets in place and all that. But when I had these days where I couldn't move because it just felt like there was, you know, bricks pressing me down into the mattress, I had to fling that weighted blanket across the room, like not even caring where it landed or if it broke something, because it added so much pressure on top of what was already sitting on me that it made me angry. It made me angry to have that weighted blanket on top of me. And it had to it had to get it off of me. It by all means necessary. And when you're you have all that weight pressing down on you, and you're trying to move quickly to get this thing that's that's just irritating you off, it's so frustrating because you can't move. You can't move quickly to eliminate that irritation because it's just so it's just so difficult, guys. It's just so difficult to just do anything when you're going through this and I just I I, I'm glad that I'm able to identify what it is I was going through I'm glad that I know that this happens again that maybe I need to stop and reflect on what's happening in my head inside me but talking about it now and everything I went through is killing me. It's killing me. It, I, I mean, not literally, but you can hear it. I'm starting to tear up. It's just remembering that pain I went through. Remembering that I could have ended up in a much worse position than I am right now. I really wish I hadn't gone two and a half months without realizing what I was going through. <laughs> I really wish I had told somebody something or told the truth when my mom asked me if I was depressed. But I can't change the past. I have to just look forward to the future. And I have to... I have to realize that there's gonna be good moments in the bad. And that's okay, that there's gonna be bad moments in the good. But I have to realize that all of these moments, good or bad, I have to realize that I can get through it. And that every moment of my life, no matter what is happening, is creating the future me. And if I want that future me to actually exist, to actually make it to the future, I have to be strong And I have to embrace the fact that I have to realize that it's okay to go through these depressive states and that perhaps I need to give myself time to allow myself to go through them and not bog my life down with so many responsibilities that I feel guilty I feel guilty for going through it because I let so much stuff slip. Including this podcast. And I feel guilty. I feel so guilty that I did that. But I shouldn't. I know I shouldn't. I've, I've realized I shouldn't feel guilty. I have. Because as much as I love making content, As much as I love this podcast and my YouTube channel and everything. There is no podcast or YouTube channel without me. And there's no me if I don't allow myself the time. If I don't take the time to breathe. If I don't take the time to breathe. I'm going to suffocate. And I can't let that happen. This is the reason I didn't do this as a YouTube video because I probably look horrible right now, and I have a feeling if I saw myself like the on camera, I probably would quit. I wouldn't post it because that's one of the things I'm suffering with right now too—is body image, and it's not so much—it's not so much my weight or the fact that I don't feel I'm pretty. It's that my hair's falling out. And I'm trying to be realistic on my YouTube and on here. And unfortunately, real life doesn't look like some of the vlogs and things that we watch. Which is fine. We enjoy it. We should watch it. But it's not real. And I have to keep reminding myself that no matter what happens in my future, it might not be real for me. And frankly, that's okay. Because I have to be satisfied with where I am so that I can continue to move forward. If I don't, I'm I'm, I'm not even moving back. I'm just stagnant and we can't go through life stagnant. We just can't. Yeah, we could have a day, a week, even a month where we're stagnant, where we just don't make any movement. But eventually we have to pick ourselves up and walk the mile that's going to take to get us to the future we we dream of. And it's so hard. It's so hard to get up and walk that mile. (sighs) Okay. Now that I've sufficiently talked this through, and if you've made it this long, I really appreciate you listening. Knowing that you guys are out there listening to this is a huge help. A huge help. So thanks. (laughs) Thanks. And I'm afraid this is not going to be a very graceful sign-off because I'm still crying. But I hope this helped somebody. That's all I really strive for with my content creation. Is helping somebody in some way. And I've gotten such lovely messages from people. Like on my Instagram, about my YouTube channel and things. About how I've helped them. And it's it's really been one of the reasons... That I was able to pull myself out of that that emotional state I was in. Seeing those messages is... I mean, for for a cringy metaphor, they are the crane that lifted all that weight off of me. They really are. And I thank you. So, I'm going to (laughs) go and probably cry a little bit more. And get myself together for next week. We're going to get back to talking about a little less intense topics, but still very relevant. Thank you for joining me in the Blanket Fortress. And I hope I didn't make you cry too much. (laughs) But again, thank you. If you've enjoyed this episode of the Blanket Fortress, feel free to email me at the Blanket Podcast at gmail.com or join the Facebook group which is in the show notes of every episode. Thank you for listening, and I'd love it if you leave a review on your favorite platform.